Support these interviews by donating at themusicbuds.com. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Music Buds podcast. This is episode number 10, and my name is Henry. It is just me this time around, but I am very lucky to be joined by someone very special. Please welcome composer Yuka Rintamaki. Thank you. It is so nice to meet you, and it's so kind of you to take the time to be on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And of course, you have been working in music for a long time, but you are very well known in one way for your work on Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4, the best-selling video games, which are incredible, truly incredible. I am just very excited to hear about your process with that and with your other work as well. Yuka, you're in Stockholm, as you mentioned before yes. the show. How are things there? How are you doing? It's okay. Yes, it's like for everybody in the, on the whole planet. It's strange times. And here in Stockholm, it's not been that close like in other places in the world. Like I have friends in other cities. It's very, very solitary for many people. But here it's been quite okay. And I've been working music for a new game. So actually, I've been working on a distance with that game. So the process for me has been quite the same. I've been working <laughs> yeah. with, with a program called Slack, where you like chat and you share video clips and music clips. So for me, it's, uh, it's been luckily quite the same, but of course, it's horrible in many other ways. And it's been very sad here in Sweden. A lot of people have died and like many other places. So, so it's, yeah. it's strange. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess just to kick things off, do you want to talk about your beginnings with music and, and even before you got involved with Battlefield, because you were working a long time before that, how, how did you get started in, in music? Was that something you always wanted to do? From an early age, uh, yes. Uh, in a, in a way, it was because uh, I grew up with uh, music. In a way, because uh, my dad is a musician, and although uh, I uh, grew up uh, with my mother, my dad was very influential in in uh, inspiring me to become a musician. I guess uh, from an early age, and I had instruments all around me, and I saw my dad played this uh, singer songwriter songs, and he was also an actor, so he was a real artist, and I saw many sides of that uh, as, already as a kid. So. I guess I got a lot of things for free in, in the way that I saw that it was a real work and I saw how, how he did his work and also the fact that I had instruments around me. I think I was, that was the main thing because mm. I didn't really start off doing music right away as a kid that much. I played the piano as many did as a kid, but then I started to play uh, football or soccer, played that for a long time. And then when I was a teenager, I really started to feel, feel strongly about music. I realized I had a piano and um, started to do music maybe when I was, uh, was 15. And then I got into bands and I played in a lot of bands. So I come from sort of in the rock uh, background, I would say, uh, into the music. I studied music a bit also uh, at university. Uh, what is it? Music science it is in mm. English. I've been doing quite a lot of different music and I had been doing a lot of different music before I started composing for games. Yeah. One of the main thing I was doing at the time when I was contacted to do the music for Battlefield 3, which I did together with Johan Skugge, my colleague, I was doing a lot of music to contemporary dance at that point, and I've, I still do that. The thing was that I really wanted to do music for a long time to movies and film, but uh, the music I did was a bit too strange to be, to be able to be accepted to films, and I tried to contact producers and directors and give my music to them and it didn't really fit the movie scene but 
just a chance, uh, the band I played with, which is called Silver Bullet, it's a Gothenburg indie krautrock band, and, it, and we got contacted by a choreographer who wanted our music in a in a contemporary dance piece at the Copenhagen Opera. Wow. And we, of course, didn't take note that we were excited to do it. I was especially excited because I really wanted to compose instrumental music, and I was doing that a lot of that time, but I couldn't get yeah. paid for it. And then suddenly I got to work on the opera with our band. We played live there and I continued wow. to work with the choreographer and we did a lot of work. And suddenly I had a place where I, with the strange music I was doing, it had a place. And, mm-hmm. and the choreographer yeah. loved that music book because in the contemporary dance scene, it's fantastic with music. They have all sorts of music. They don't care about genres or anything. They just take the things that they really find the most interesting. So I found a place there. Yeah. And through music, I actually got to do the Battlefield 3 music because I met an old friend, Stefan Strandberg, who was at that time working at DICE here in Stockholm. Mm -hmm. And they were looking to do a modern contemporary uh, soundtrack for the new Battlefield 3 game. They had been doing these orchestral versions of the music for Battlefield 2 and other Battlefield versions. Battlefield 3, it, it was an urban contemporary war game and they didn't want to use uh, an orchestra for that they wanted to do electronic harsh music and uh, i was telling stefan when i met him that I'm, I'm actually doing quite harsh electronic music but for contemporary dance and he said oh wow right. that's it so he said come up to our office and, and and we can listen to it and then i came up to his office and i played this music and it was really harsh electronic <laughs> music and he was wow this is what we've been looking for because they couldn't find people in the ordinary field of uh, composer that were doing that sort of music because it's yeah. it's a it was a bit far off like yeah. yeah yeah and i think and as you were saying having listened to this music i can't imagine anything else in terms of these these battlefield games the music is so intertwined to that i don't think a conventional kind of score quote unquote would be interesting i, I think your scores work so well as you were saying with uh, your beginnings you've done so many different kinds of music is that something of course you're as you're saying your father had that mentality i guess do you enjoy having a lot of different projects or a lot of different styles of music going or do you is it just kind of natural i think i enjoy it very much having different kind of music uh, projects i i enjoy making quite a lot of music and i think the most composers that are working as composers and write the music for film or anything else there where you're asked to do music in a certain time limit uh, everything you have to be you have to really like to do quite a lot of music and you have to be quite fast at producing much music and you have to like train a lot to get to that point where you can actually yeah uh, and you have to train your um, like inspiration also because you can't sit and wait for inspiration you have to train you have to constantly be trained so you so you have so much to take from that you have inspiration inside you in, in in different forms that you have read books and you have seen movies and you have and that you're interested in different kind of music genres so you have the possibility to imagine how how a soundtrack could be or music could be mm-hmm. uh, in this way so yes i enjoy very much having different projects and working with contemporary dance and and games at the same time is very good for instance or or anything actually it's been quite a lot of different stuff that i worked with yeah with Battlefield, these games are so massive, both in terms of the world that they create, but also commercially. I mean, it's played by millions of people. They're beloved all across the world. When you got the chance to do that Battlefield 3, was that more daunting or is it more exciting or a little bit of both? I think it was both. 
I don't remember how daunting it was. I guess it was some, some, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> when, 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 the, when they had like demands for make the main team. I think that was a difficult task because we were really like, okay, it's, it's a very special team. It has, it's, it's, it's very like clear. It's the battlefield <laughs> somehow. And it was, it, all, it was already, and we had to make a new version of that. And it was, that was a bit daunting. And the music otherwise wasn't that daunting because we worked with Stefan Strandberg, who was an excellent audio director, a very creative person. He then went on, Stefan, to be a game designer. And he decided, actually, he, he was one of those who, who designed Battlefield 1, the, the World War One game, for instance. But, but at that time, he was an audio director and was excellent in that. He had also been a musician. So we worked very closely with Stefan and, and sat down and talked a lot with him. And, and it was... It wasn't that daunting doing the um, in-game music and stuff like this. I think the, the main team was probably the most daunting. But then we worked quite a long time on it. And then uh, eventually we got to some point where, where everybody was happy with it. Yeah. But I think you can't start to think about how daunting projects are because they're all, always relative to <laughs> what you are doing. It was, for instance, the most scary gig I ever played was in my small hometown in Finland where there were maybe... 150 people in the audience, but it was the first when the first time when you played it at your like club for the kids, like youth club. And I, I was 17. I, I was so scared I couldn't play, and I was almost dropping uh, my, my guitar pick all the time. And I couldn't play. after like 20 minutes. Like I could play, and th I always think about that. I was so scared of doing that, and it's always the same. It's just relative to stuff. You can't really go into that too much yeah. because. You have to trust that the thing that you really, really enjoy, someone else will also enjoy a lot. Because if you feel really strongly about something, so, so it, it has to be some energy or some power in that music. So you can't let that those things scare you too much. No. One thing is scary with this is that the game developers, they can be very, very scared because so much money on the line. <laughs> they can be really like censoring the composers, like, no, it has to be more commercial and uh, like this. But... Stefan was very good there also as an audio designer. He had a big role in, in saying to the people in the, on the marketing and every, every aspect of the commercial side that you have to trust in us at here at DICE. We're doing something that we really know this is going to be great and it's going to be huge. Yeah. Because we know this. We, we, we have done a lot of games. And I could see myself just kind of crippling in that because similar to like a, a movie or TV show, there are so many moving pieces and at the end, you're having to serve the story, the, you know, the central product. But it seems like you found a good balance because really, if you connect with it and if you're passionate about it, that's going to come through no matter what. Yeah, it was good as a composer at that Battlefield 3 project and at Battlefield 4. We were kind of protected. We had a sort of wall of people between us and uh, the more commercial side. So. Hmm protected in being creative and that they they always stood stood by us and uh, even if they it, we heard about some directions that came in and it was some people maybe at at some office in uh, los angeles that was saying from electronics uh, arts side that uh, oh, we would really like to see some guitars here in this <laughs> can we have some guitars can we have some strings can we have some guitars and dice were cool in that and stefan said, no we will not have that we, we will we will do this music as we find it uh, the best for this game and uh, that's cool it doesn't happen probably that much in that big uh, commercial scene uh, yeah yeah I, I would think not as we were mentioning these scores they're so in the best way uncooperative and very unpredictable even within the, the whole album but also within the tracks themselves you never really know 
what's coming next, they have this feel of, as you were mentioning, they're very dark and urban, like they're kind of crawling along at times. Like it just has this great style to it. I think one thing, especially with tracks like Rough Journey from the Battlefield 4, it has this great synthy distorted static to it that it feels like it's popping out of my speakers. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I think I like that track actually also. And that, uh, you know, that Rough Journey track was, the, the working title was Relentless Beat. Mm-hmm. And it has that relentless, uh, that we were listening to a lot of harsh electronic music also as, as reference and stuff like this. And we really were looking for that. That is, you said it's very dark and we wanted that dark. It's, it's a war game and it's a horrible scenario. People die and you have almost claustrophobic feel to it. Yeah. yeah we were trying to be true to that electronic like uh, style or uh, at the the Battlefield 4 soundtrack was even a bit more. We we started to develop that music a bit more, but certainly on the Battlefield 3 soundtrack, some of the tracks were also very, very minimalistic. Mm -hmm. There's this track called, for instance, there's this track, The Death of Vladimir, and it's... um, I was going to bring that up in a little while, yeah. Yeah, uh, Yeah, because that was actually... Me and Johan, we played with mostly analog synthesizers and, and played a lot of like improvisation that we cut stuff from out from. And that track was actually uh, almost one hour uh, improvisation. And the last three minutes, that's the part that is uh, the death of Vladimir. <laughs> <laughs> so it's end of the uh, of a long, long improvisation when we we're kind of not sure if we we're going to just quit in the middle of it, but we just played those last three minutes with just some two scenes and it got, it got so special that way of creating. So it's so, some sort of electronic, dark jazz, I yeah. would say. Yeah, yeah, totally. I was going to bring that track up in, in a mm. little while. Uh, just on a personal note, I have that track in this playlist that I listen to all the time. And I guess, mm. I guess it's, it's, it's a compliment. Whenever I'm brooding, for lack of a better word, or in a bad mood, I can listen to that track mm. and it kind of focuses my mind a little bit, maybe even contains my stress or anxiety. It's mm. interesting because obviously, as the title suggests, it's dealing with this character dying, which is very sad. It just goes to show you how interpretive music can be either within the context of the game or or out of very true yeah well what about the actual process of making the music for the games one thing i was really curious about again with these games being so huge with the amount of resources the world that's created did you get to see much of if any of the game before or during the process was uh, both i think we we got some film clips and but not that much. Uh, we we got a, li- a little bit of different direction for the g- two games. For Battlefield Three, we saw some clips, uh, not that many. For Battlefield Four, they actually ordered some um, teams that they wanted. They, they of course wanted the main team, a, a new version of the main team. But then they wanted, for instance, a hero, a hero team. For which uh, I did this team called Chell, uh, a team for Chell. Uh, I was I was going to bring that that, that track oh, up as well. Yeah, cool. it's, it's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Oh, oh that's fun. <laughs> I, I, uh, and, and that was uh, the team came about in the way that they actually ordered. Uh, they wanted a hero team and an epic hero team, mm. and, and we didn't know for what part they were going to use it. So I just wanted to do some uh, music that has a lot of lot of feeling in it that has some sort of a, a melancholic epic hero feeling. So 
Yes, they they ordered. I think uh, they also ordered like a team for the enemy team, and I don't remember which one that was. I think they picked several in the end, but but I remember mostly a team for Chell was hero team sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that track again. I was I was going to bring that up. It is just such an empowering, inspiring, in a way, surrounding song to listen to. It just has this great rhythm and melody to it. It sticks with you. It's a fantastic track, just on a side note. <laughs> it's very, it's fun to see. You can, you can see it on Spotify. It's very popular still. And it, it, that's so fun to see that people listen to that music. It's, it's, it's totally fantastic that. And there's so much, uh, Solomon's theme is a, a similar theme to me, I think. It has also this melancholic. And it, it's so fantastic because I grew up a lot of, uh, a lot of music I listened to in the 80s that I really got inspired from was, for instance, the Miami Vice music. Uh, that oh, was, yeah. What is it called? Uh, Jan Hammer. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he had some theme that was called Crockett's theme. It's a fantastic instrumental. <laughs> and it's very melancholic. And at the same time, it's a beautiful piece. And it's, it's totally made by synth. Those sounds, a, a bit of some of the music when we made Battlefield, Tree. I think Solomon's theme was for me. I, I really wanted to do a track where you had this a sort of a track that you would love to hear as w- when you're a teenager that you can play also on a piano. Right. And that Solomon's theme, you can actually play it very easily on a piano. Mm. You can take out the the sort of the harmonics to it, and uh, and but at the same time do it totally with synths. It's a f- fantastic uh, thing that it, that we got to do that. Because it's it's more it's more common with synth soundtracks, and it's not that strange. But for doing a war game back when we did Battlefield Three soundtrack, it was very unusual to do. <laughs> Almost every war game had either hard rock guitars or then they have an orchestra. Yeah, that's such a great mentality to have because it's the same with me. Is if it's something you would love, there's got to be someone else out there in the world that likes it too. There's got to be. I believe that strongly. I think it's the only. It's the only thing uh, that you can follow anyway, because if you start following and composing music that other people are already composing, then somebody else is doing it better probably. So you have to follow. <laughs> I don't really have any choice but to follow your own. I think uh, every person has his or her own harmonic. Mm-hmm. Like uh, people resonate to certain melodies and harmonies. Yeah. And if you follow that very closely, you're on the right track all the time. And it, the music leads you to doing some sort of unique product, even a, a product. Yeah, you have to follow that sort of, sort of yeah. yeah. Now, one thing with video games in particular, as opposed to a movie that is just one product and it is the way it is, with video games, they're very much made to configure to the individual player. And each time someone plays through it, it's different somehow, one way or the other. Was the process of creating tracks that had to be malleable was it freeing in a way, or was it constricting to create a something that wasn't totally tied down? I don't remember so well with the um, back in when we did uh, Battlefield Three and Battlefield Four. The, you mean the interactive music that is in the game, the in-game music? Uh, right, right, yeah. The in-game music back then wasn't that complicated. We did for Battlefield Three. It's very simple. The in-game music in Battlefield Three. It's actually consists of just a few loops all, always almost it's it's not that complicated the uh, in-game music and we didn't w- we weren't that involved in the implementation we just delivered them some stems and they did all the implementations so we didn't gotcha we sat down we, we never sat down with the implementation 
people and, and looked at that. And for Battlefield 4, we, it was a bit more elaborate. So then they asked us to do a lot of in-game music and they, they gave us very free hands doing the, the music. They just said it has some um, stuff it has to have. It has to have divided in stems maybe f so, so we can have the different stems and then it has to have three intensities so you have like a low a medium a high intensity wow interesting then, then they could implement that but then i worked with some other games after that and it, it has been become very very interactive music so so i worked a, a bit with the game called uh, rage uh, 2 that was developed by avalanche and i worked a, a bit with it just in the in the beginning of the game and then they changed the music quite a lot and I, I wasn't involved in the in the last part of that but but that got even more interactive and the latest game i've been working with is a game called crossfire x Gracious spectra and it, it's a game coming out this autumn oh cool and in, and, it, and in this game it's very very interactive yeah. and not not to get into the specific uh, how it works but it's it's very it, it consists of a lot of loops and stingers and stuff that and that is constricting in a way and uh, mm -hmm. It's maybe music that will uh, be done by programs in the future, like uh, that you have right. a, like some sort of automate, automated stuff that you can feed a program and then it can do variations mm. of, uh, I don't know how, but, but at the moment, it's still that you do a lot of, lot of variation for in-game music and it, yeah. it's, that's not the, the most fun thing to do. It, it's fun sometimes, but it's like a big, big puzzle of loops. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a, a that's a strange thought. Thinking of like just a, a computer or some device making the music for a game, it just it just seems so unnatural. <laughs> I think I think the, I don't think the the programs can do it totally by themselves. They have to have someone that feeds the machine with musical uh, parameters and basic stuff. So, but it's uh, more like a low intensity combat music in a game, and it goes like, and then. If you would variate that, you had, would have to record one that goes, and then you would record, and then you would, the program would change all this. But if you would have a program, then you could just say, I want it to sound like this, and now the program can vary that. Gotcha, yeah. 20 times instead of a composer. But maybe can do it better even. I'm not so. <laughs> I, I guess uh, people are scared sometimes that that programs will take over the composer's work, but I, I don't. I don't really think that. I, I yeah. think it, it's probably the other way around that those programs make you like it. It, it will be become a tool that you can realize. Oh, this program can do this. Well, then I can do this, and then you have a new tool. Like yeah, there you go. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's a totally different uh, discussion, very technical, but... Uh, but uh, no, but it's, it's okay, it's okay. I had read uh, before that you, in terms of when you were starting on the games, you would have games playing, but on mute, and you would be configuring music in that way to get ideas? Yes, we did that. That was a lot of fun. It was uh, <laughs> me and Johan uh, who did the music. We sat uh, at my place and and played different games on the Xbox, and then we muted the sound, and we played up music that we have done, and and tried different scenarios. How does it work? And it was a lot of fun. And uh, we, we did a lot of research for Battlefield 3. At, uh, we had a lot of dinners at Stefan Strandberg's place. Me and you and Stefan would sit down, eat food and uh, drink a lot of red wine and play games. <laughs> and it was really like this bohemian uh, work style in the beginning. <laughs> because uh, we were also uh, friends in long, since long time back. And we could sit sure. and talk about anything for a long time. And, and, and certainly music. And... Stefan was very, very enthusiastic and, uh, and, 
And after a, a couple of uh, glasses of red wine, he would jump down behind a, an armchair and pop up with a, like an imaginary gun. And, and then if you come up like this, then you would, you would not hear the orchestra. You would just hear... <laughs> Right. Yeah, all stuff in his apartment, run around, and it was so fun. I really don't know if you could have a better kind of director. <laughs> no, he was excellent in that way. He wasn't. Uh, he was very enthusiastic and very creative. Creative, so he, it was very inspiring to go to the studio and work when you had someone that you that gave that energy to the process, and, uh, and we had a lot of fun. I, I think that's there are some nice video clips from like uh, behind the scenes uh, <laughs> that we were shooting with already then when we were doing the music because we understood it will be a big game and we will do some video material and you can see in the games that it's a lot of laughing and fooling around with stuff and 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 it's a cliche saying that you have to have fun to do to to maybe do good stuff sometimes but but it really worked well that time yeah yeah had you before or perhaps even after were there any video game scores not necessarily that you were inspired by that you have heard and liked or did you really just draw from the world of music in general we did uh, draw from the world of music in general i would say we didn't uh, we didn't find games that we we had one game that we liked a lot but it was for many reasons it was a game called limbo oh yeah 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 uh, like a small indie game and it was it's it's not directly music, it's more like sound design and it's mm-hmm. fantastic. looks very good, it's a good game and, and the sounds are very nice. And that was like a reference that we had, but we didn't make music like that and the game doesn't look like that, but, but it was a reference. Then we of course liked some games a lot. Uh, I, I really liked Alan Wake and I liked the music also, but it was, it was, it, again, it was another game and we, we looked a lo- at a lot of games and played them. But as for score reference, we thought we we looked in other worlds. We had uh, there's a band called Pansonic that was a big reference, and it's really really harsh, almost architectural electronic music and stuff like this. And another track specifically that I wanted to touch on, and, and it kind of sums up a lot of what we've been talking about earlier, is Thunder Run, mm-hmm. uh, which is from uh, Battlefield Three, and it's this tank mission where they're rolling across this desert, as you've been mentioning, it has that great pulse and it's just kind of like boom, 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 but, but it keeps pace so well and it helps you just immerse in that world. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, that track was made from a uh, Roland uh, 606 drum machine that was, hmm. that's, somebody has like trimmed and tweaked it. So it has this special way of distorting it and uh, Johan had uh, just got it. And, we, and it, again, Thunder Run is from a long improvisation of uh, just playing around with that 606 and the beat that it builds on is just the 606 does sort of a bass line and drum at the same time. So it sounds wow. a combination like an evil rhythm box <laughs> <laughs> with a bass. That's the sound actually. So you have this, then there's other sounds that make the track big, I guess, but, and, and it's about tanks that are these huge heavy vehicles, but it, in fact, it's this little box, this silvery, 606 Roland box that is making this fantastic true distortion and of course some processing afterwards but it, it's um, it was a, it was a fantastic machine and um, yeah. we used it a lot on, on that game it, yeah. it, could, it could sound really evil <laughs> yeah in Battlefield 4 there's the track Duns Down Dunn spelled D-U-N-N for the, the character mm-hmm. and the beginning of that track is so ominous I almost felt like it was it almost sounded like a horn drawn out. 
Yeah, it is. It's oh, actually well. There you go. <laughs> so Dance Down is uh, actually tuba, and we play. Ah, of the process of Battlefield 4, we were three composers. Mm. It ended up just being me and Johan, and we continued almost the, the stuff we were doing from Battlefield 3. It worked better, they thought, at the game um, developer's side that we we were just two. It was difficult to be three, but we started playing with, with uh, another composer, and he played the tuba in, uh, in the beginning. So we had recorded uh, a lot of uh, tuba, and on this track, it's tuba and cello. Mm. And it's lap steel, so it's this strange mixture of instruments. We have these acoustic instruments that are processed, so it's in the, I guess, in the soundtrack as a whole, you can maybe think that, they so, that they're so, somewhat electronic instrument, but they're actually real like acoustic instruments, you would say. Right. So it's tuba and cello, and I played the cello myself, and it's also from improvisation, improvisation improvising with synths, cello, and tuba. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is there anything else about the process that I, I haven't touched on that maybe struck you about, about doing that? Or maybe even anything else about your, your work in music in general? Is there anything that sticks out to you? I, I really like both the soundtracks for Battlefield 3 and uh, Battlefield 4 because I think we were so allowed to kind of experimental music. And it was the first time we did music for games, me and you, and, and, and that we got allowed to do that and experiment and do this music that is still today people like a lot and, and, and it worked yeah. well game probably and people were satisfied in, in an artistic sense and also in a commercial sense. This should always be some sort of process that, that is always like this. For instance, you had now the soundtrack for Chernobyl, the TV series. Where, oh, yeah. Um, fantastic. And, and it's incredible. It's, it's incredible, and, f- and finally, you can hear a soundtrack. There's somebody's doing f- fantastic music, and it's something you don't hear all the time. So I think it would be more fun for composers and for the audience and everybody involved in the process if it would be a bit more. People would allow composers to do a bit more of that because it it yeah. takes such a long time for that music that was in Chernobyl. That kind of music have existed a long time in the underground world and uh, of course but but it takes such a long time almost always to come to the <laughs> and I, it's, it's strange like yeah that composer is incredible because she went on to get the oscar for joker yes um, which congratulations about that to her i watched i had seen chernobyl before that and even from that first time i heard that music i was like this is so unlike anything i've ever heard it was yeah. you know amazing great it's so great for me as a comp- composer, personally, I, I'm very happy to be work contemporary dance field because that's a field where, as a composer, you can really develop and, and experiment with a lot of music that is impossible to do in other genres. But film and uh, games and would look more at the experimental music scene and stuff like this. It would, it would be good in every sense. I think also, actually, commercially. So Yeah, I agree. I agree. I love talking to you. I, these scores from the, the moment I heard them, they really connected with me. I still listen to them all the time. They're just very, very special. Thank you so much. It was very fun to talk uh, with you. It's, uh, I'm happy to hear. And it's so fun to, so, so, uh, that you call from the other side of the world. And, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, actually. So. Oh, good. Uh, I'm looking forward to listening to some of your um, other interviews because I looked into it now that you interviewed, so, interviewed some uh, very interesting composer. So, oh, so thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, honored that you picked me also to be on this. So. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. Composers have 
affected and connected with me throughout my whole life. And so I have the utmost respect and appreciation for them. As I've said before, thank you so much for taking the time. I, I really hope people enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe and rate and do all that stuff. We'll see you next time. Thank you.